All right, Baldry's Beat, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News, Keith Baldry. Hey, Keith. Happy Hump Day. Okay, so we just had a like a firecracker of a debate I here in the last half hour on the war in the woods in Vancouver Island. We've got more than 50 arrests have taken place in the uh, disputed logging around Ferry Creek mm-hmm. near Victoria. And more arrests. It, it sounds like there's pr- maybe hundreds of people still out there that are willing well, to block these logging roads. There was actually a seniors tour went out yesterday. <laughs> Oh, yeah. A convoy of seniors. I ran into a couple of them this morning walking the dog that they talked about how the convoy of seniors went out just to um, potentially be arrested. Not all of them were arrested, but there was a, a lot of people um, and uh, displaying civil disobedience. This is a fascinating dispute because we haven't seen one like this before. We've had lots of um, disputes, of course, War of the Woods in the 1990s. You had Zipporah and Bill on. This morning, two veterans of the of this debate, but what's those different? two have been bite, battling each other for decades. For decades, literally. they've been at the table. They were at the Great Great Bear Rainforest. Uh, you know, I've known Zipporah for thirty years. Um, but what's different about this one is you've got the local First Nations is strongly in favor. Even though Zipporah is right, there's not consensus. But there's not consensus in anything. There's not consensus in a provincial election. So uh, democracy usually rules. So the the democratic uh, elected leaders of that First Nations are in favor of the logging operation. The NDP government brought in the United Nations, implemented the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. It puts the NDP government in a very tight spot. It can't really overrule the First Nations here, which means uh, you know, this is going to come to a, a head at some point, but I'm not sure what the solution is. But it's, it takes on a different hue than what we've ever seen in any other land uh, use dispute that we've You know, these environmental anti-logging activists, they're very quick to invoke the rights of Indigenous people when they're on the same page. But mm-hmm. when you have uh, a First Nation like this one that's saying, like, look, we, we're actually approving of this logging that's going on in our traditional territory, they're getting... That's been a- going on for years, too. Sure. That may- it's been going on for thousands of years. I mean, they've been living there, cutting down yep. trees, and and this for is a long a, time. A, their main economic life, uh, economic uh, lifeline, yeah. uh, of uh, resource revenue. So it's uh, well, it's, the fishing has pretty much disappeared, yeah, and they've tried to get some tourism going down there. No. It's a remote community. That's not really that's small potatoes. The the money that they get from forestry in that community is absolutely crucial to maintain some of the the, the public services they've got for that community. They've got a gas station, they've got a grocery store there, and a lot of the logging revenue goes in to support these operations yep. for the community. So I mean, here you ha- and they've asked the, they've asked these outsiders to leave. Yeah, I mean, no, the know, and they show up and, and chain themselves up in front of a logging road anyway, in defiance of this First Nation. Yeah, my wife and I traveled there actually in in the summer or the last summer. Um, uh, again, it's a very remote community, very remote area, but you can see there's forestry operations literally on the side of the road. You see you see the the landscape. It is an active forestry area. The the amount of old growth is rel- relatively small compared to the context of the entire tree farm license, which is quite large. And as, as you say, it's been going on for, for decades uh, in terms of And that it's not all untouched. Like they keep saying this is some sort of pristine, untouched, huge, massive, sprawling valley. There's like second growth timber in there. There's third growth in there. Mm-hmm. There's a park in there. there I mean, there's been development in there in the past. So, you know, and Bill Dumont, one of the, the forest professional forester we had on, also pointed out, like, when the environmentalists say, oh, this is the last stand. There's, there's no more no, left. This is the lots. last. Is left. He said, look, in Pacific Rim National Park, there are untouched valleys there that will never be logged old growth there well as in any of these protesters a romanticism that sometimes takes hold of uh, and replaces reality for a number of uh, people but again i go back to the fact that the local first nations is in 
adamant support of this. The NDP government is in adamant support of First Nations. I don't see how the NDP government steps into this and reverses course and defies the Apache uh, First Nations. Okay, we continue to follow that one very closely. I think there's going to be more arrests there in the days ahead. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the reopening plan that came out yesterday. I had Adrian Dix, the health minister, on the first guest on the show today. He took a bunch of calls from listeners, full phone board, because so mm-hmm. many people got so many questions about this plan. What did you think of that rollout yesterday? I thought it was pretty good. I think it's uh, well, well reasoned, well structured. Um, again, the, our our numbers right now. We've been talking about this for weeks. It's just how impressive the numbers have been have been in terms of going down in terms of daily case numbers. Hospitalizations are dropping. The positivity test test rate has been dropping significantly. Fraser Health continues to be a concern, but the numbers are still looking pretty good there. So it's a reasonable rollout. We got. I just came from the coffee shop I go to every day, right behind the legislature, the Good Earth Coffee Shop. A shout out to them. And they got people sitting in there. Wow! And, and they're quite excited. They say, "Yeah, this is great. We're we're back in business." And they never closed. I mean, those guys have never closed. Um, but it's been you know to go for for weeks, and now you got people sitting in. So it's a it's a it's great news for restaurants. Again, you know, people want to get back to doing sports and going to movies and theaters. But it is a it's a reasonably structured, slow rollout throughout the summer. And you've got these checkpoints. June fifteenth is the first one where we're going to have more reopening. And then July first, and then September seventh, uh, it's wide open. We're back to complete normalcy in terms of what we'll see if if you can still have huge crowds. I don't think we will. In the fall, it was interesting. I ran into John Horgan after the news conference yesterday. He was almost giddy, as was Dr. Henry at that thing, because it was, for the first time, not a doom and gloom thing. But we were talking about how, even when life goes back to normal, will it ever really go back to normal? Yeah. Are we really going to go in big crowds again? Are we going to go to big concerts again? And about just how, and will we continue to wear our masks? Even though masks become optional, in July, yeah. uh, and, and again, it's, uh, it's still recommended and then completely optional in the fall. I think a lot of people are going to stick to social distancing and, and mask wearing. Okay, a very detailed plan that they rolled out, some of the restrictions being lifted immediately, allowing indoor and outdoor dining for up to six people, for example. You can have five people come to your home right indoors to visit you. Uh, Adrian Dix confirming with me, you can have, that can be a five different people from, yeah. from day to day, by the way, so it's not the same five over and over again. He made that clear. And then there's a schedule, as you said, of other things to open up gradually. So let's listen to Premier John Horgan speaking yesterday. And here he is talking about phase two, which is set to begin in mid-June if everything goes well. Here's the Premier yesterday. Recreational travel across the province will be allowed. We'll be able to go out and see a movie or enjoy a sporting event indoors or fitness classes as well. As vaccination coverage continues to go up, we'll be able to have uh, outdoor weddings of up to 50 people. Graduation ceremonies may be possible for those graduating later in the summer. And as more people realize their first and second doses, we'll be able to look at moving to steps three and step four. Okay, Horgan yesterday talking about phase two, which mm-hmm. comes into effect in June. June 15th, if, yeah. uh, all, if the, and again, if the numbers support it. So one thing, uh, sort of a check on all this, is a constant examination of the daily case numbers. They have to continue to go down or flatline. And hospitalizations and critical care cannot be allowed to get out of hand. If we suddenly see, 
uh, 500, 600 cases a day and 350 people in hospital, 150 people in ICU, then the brakes are put on. It's hard again. to imagine that happening with more and more people yeah, getting I vaccinated. I, but I don't see it happening. Um, but we, we, we will put still the potential to see clusters of, of uh, cases in certain situations. But I think the odds favor opening rather than not. OK, here's Dr. Bonnie Henry. Uh, she was asked yesterday if she might have to reintroduce, reimpose some of these restrictions. Here's what she said. There are things that we can't plan for that may mean we need to slow things down. But I don't see a situation where we're going backwards unless things change very dramatically. Um, so I guess I never say never, but uh, the plan is uh, to keep moving forward. What about the second dose of the vaccine, though? Doesn't we? You need the second well, dose to be fully effective. First doses, but the first dose is very effective, mm-hmm. um, and that science and studies have shown that the first dose of Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, very effective against COVID. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a presentation from Dr. Henry. Fourteen hundred people have tested positive with COVID after getting the first dose, but um, and, and unfortunately, thirty people died, yeah. but all of them over the age of eighty. Again, people with underlying health conditions. Most, the vast majority of people, if they do get COVID after getting vaccinated, it's a very mild case, and that may continue through the, through the summer. Uh, second dose is going to start ramping up. We're going to start having more second doses because we are now at that, um, you know, the interval between the first dose and second dose, which we're getting tomorrow, by the way. Yes. News on that has gone from 16 weeks down to 13 weeks. It's going to mm. be shrunk even further. Tomorrow, I'm told they're looking at seven to eight weeks between wow. first and second doses, which means their first doses will slow down potentially, but our first as, as the second doses ramp up. But we're going to be hitting 80% first dose by mid to late June. Okay, real quickly, the PNE, I know, you know close to your heart because you worked there for so many summers when you were mm-hmm. a kid, and they had canceled the PNE this summer, but with some of the good news about the reopening, sounds like maybe the PNE is back on. Here's Laura Balance, spokesperson for the PNE. We have restarted our planning for an in-person fair. We know that that will look different and that uh, the daily capacities will be obviously smaller. Okay, is maybe a smaller PNE this summer? Is that possible? Well, I, you know, I wish them luck. I wish Laura luck. You know, PNE is near and dear to my heart. Having worked there, so many people work on commission at the fair, um, and you need large crowds to make money. So if you have really, if you go from having 80,000 people, I remember some days we had, a, I think our record was 130,000 people wow. in one day, which was just, you know, um, you made a lot of money because there was a lot of people <laughs> spending money. But if you only have 20,000 people spread out throughout the day, there's not a lot, there's not as many dollars generating. I, I suspect, though, you can probably open the rides I, and, yeah, sure. and maybe some of the, Let's get the roller coaster some going. of the food, uh, get the roller coaster going. I hold the record for most roller coaster rides. Unofficial. break it. Unofficial record. Uh, it's official as far as I'm concerned. Okay. All right. Welcome back, Baldry's Beat. Your calls to Keith Baldry. Let's go to Chris in North Van. Hey, Chris. Um, hey, guys. Um, I, one thing that upsets me is last week, uh, John Horgan promised the end of the circuit breakers this week, yet the travel restrictions are still in place. It doesn't make sense to me. I can go and have uh, lunch or dinner with friends that I've not met for months, but I can't go and stay in my trailer which is not near anywhere in the Okanagan, yet mm-hmm. people yeah. from Alberta who've had higher case numbers than us can visit. There's no, they don't have to run the mm-hmm. gamut of road checks. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why he promised last week and he's backed off this week. We have some friends who were, whose kids were hoping to go on honeymoon in the Okanagan before June the 15th, and now those honeymoon uh, uh, opportunities have been dashed for them. It's quite distressing. 
Okay, thank you for a good call. Yeah, and you can have five people over to your house, yeah, five different people every day. It's interesting how many emails I've suddenly gotten in the last 48 hours complaining about Albertans suddenly <laughs> appearing in the Kootenays and the Okanagan. Because, again, there's no law. It's just These are just you know uh, advice and guidelines and, and requests. Nothing to prevent Alberta from coming into B.C., it's just basically try to follow these protocols. But it is interesting. I mean, the travel uh, relaxations are taking slower than I think a lot of people would have thought. So right now it's stay within your region, stay within your health authority. Um, and, again, the health authorities are blended. So Fraser and Vancouver Coastal are together. Northern and when Ontario, are those supposed to be lifted, those travel restrictions? That'll be June 15th okay. where you can travel within B.C. And then July yeah. 1st you can travel within Canada. Right. Okay, so phase two, June 15th, that's when those yeah. travel... And these are not hard dates. They're just target dates. They could yeah. they could be subject to change. If we see hospitalizations increase and ICU numbers increase and case numbers increase, that, that June 15th could be June 30th. Okay, star 9898 is the number on your cell. Mark and Delta. Hey, Mark. Oh, hi, Mike and Keith. This is for Keith. Keith, do you have any idea when we could maybe have a, a normal celebration of life for my dad, like indoors, you know, 25, 50 people. Any idea when that month might be? Yeah, so that that's going to take place in the summer. I haven't got the chart in front of me, but uh, it's either June 15th or July 1st. You can have organized events of up to 50 people um, and in indoors. Uh, again, you still have to practice you know, social distancing. Well, July, July 1st, it says, is the return to... Uh, usual indoor and outdoor personal gatherings mm -hmm. so would that that be it july yeah. 1st yeah and again i still think the 50 person rule applies there uh and these are these are organized events such as uh celebration of life uh weddings um you know just more than just a, a sort of no holds barred uh dinner party uh which is that with doesn't a mask? sorry is that would be a with the, the mask? mask rule still in effect uh it, after july 1st i believe I should have brought my chart with me. You have to memorize these things. Now, uh, masks become recommended after um, July 1st, I think. Uh, they remain mandatory until then. And then personal choice for masks, I think, is in the in the fall and after September 7th. Okay. Well, July looking, looking uh, I think, possible there for you, uh, Mark. Thank I'm going to have to carry this chart around with me all the time. Yeah. Mark, thanks for the call. Bruce and Surrey. Hey, Bruce. Well, you guys. Uh, I went to try and book the second dose this morning. And it's only Pfizer that has been moved to 50 days between first and second dose. All us indigenous people that got the Moderna, we still have to wait the 90 days. Yeah, I'm so, kind of pissed off about that, and uh, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, so uh, we asked Dr. Henry about that yesterday. Um, and I talked to Adrian Dix about this, about the Moderna situation. So about a half a million people got Moderna, and that was very early on as the caller points out a lot of indigenous people in remote indigenous communities were sent Moderna because Pfizer could not be sent, couldn't, couldn't travel, if you recall. Right, yeah. So they got the first dose, uh, many people back in January and February of Moderna. We're not getting Moderna in terms of large numbers. We got 132,000 doses last week, but there's nothing on this horizon uh, for Moderna coming in again. Now, there's a hopeful that we get another 132,000 next month. But the issue right now is a whole bunch of people who got Moderna are now coming into the second dose phase, and there's no Moderna to give them. We asked Dr. Henry about this yesterday. She says, yes, this is a concern, but those people who got Moderna will likely get Pfizer as their second dose. One minute left. Let's go to Lynn in Richmond. Hi, Lynn. Question. This is probably more federal, but about the three-day silly 
hotel quarantine for people that fly in. Um, I get it's still the 14-day, but is that still going to continue, or is that more of a federal responsibility? That's a that's an excellent question. As more and more people get vaccinated, we're at the 80% level in late June. I wonder if the quarantine rules will not be relaxed uh, or will be relaxed uh, going forward because we're now in a we're about to hit a summer where right across Canada the vaccination rates are going to be very very high with the first dose. It doesn't mean you're fully vaccinated until you get the second dose, but I wouldn't be surprised if those quarantine rules were relaxed throughout the summer. Keith, thanks a lot. Talk to you